Where is your faith? Jesus is asking the same thing. If you rely on your head knowledge alone, you, you hit a limitation. But when your faith is not in what you know, but in who you know, then you have faith. God's heart desire for us above everything else is that you would approach him in faith and you would just love him in faith, believing that your voice, your words, your efforts, however humble, however small, move the heart of God. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul. He doesn't say, the psalmist doesn't say that, you know, out of routine. It's actually a reality. You bless the heart of the Father. It's glorious. I remember when I was a teenager, I didn't come from a huggy family. We didn't have hugs and cuddles, and I'm a real cuddle hugger as you may tell from our church culture, hallelujah. I, 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 I receive love through words of affirmation and physical touch, and, but I really didn't experience it hardly at all at home and just because it just wasn't the family culture. And um, I remember going to youth group and someone gave, one of the girls gave me a hug and I was like, oh. That's good. I'm going to do that from now on. I'm going to hug everybody because when you hug somebody, you get a hug back. I remember consciously making this decision. But that's what happens in worship. You come and you consciously love him. You get way more back. You give and it gets given unto you. Press down, shake it together until you can't handle it and you're overflowing and hallelujah. It's wonderful. Have you got your Bibles with you? Let's turn to Luke chapter 8. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Verse 22. Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples. And he said to them, that's Jesus, said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we're perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, Where is your faith? This is a really interesting story. Jesus, the Son of God, tells them, Let's go over to the other side. And so they're all seasoned fishermen. They get in the boat and they head off to the other side. And Jesus has a nap and goes to sleep. Oh, Lord, I love those people who can just fall asleep just like that. Lord, let be it unto me. Oh, God. Uh, I tell you, my husband can do that. He's like, sleeping time? Okay. And he's asleep. Like, be it unto me, Lord. Jesus had this, and he had this gift so we can have it too. Hallelujah. And so he goes off, goes to sleep in the boat, and suddenly a windstorm comes, a bad storm. I mean, it's got to be a bad storm where seasoned fishermen are really believing and recognizing we are in serious trouble here. And the, the waves were, were filling the boat. I mean, that's pretty serious. 
and, and they were afraid. And so they go and wake up Jesus and say, hello, don't you know we're dying? We're gonna die, we're gonna die. It's like you wanna be awake to know you're gonna die. And Jesus gets up and he just releases peace to the storm and they immediately stop and everyone's like, whoa. And Jesus says, where is your faith? I was talking to Pastor Barry about this before and he was saying all the way through the stories of Jesus, you see him pulling them into more than they've expected, more than they've seen. It's like, wow, we've just seen the dead raised and we've seen the 5,000 people we've seen. And now, okay, let me show you more. There's more, let me show you more. Let me surprise you again. There's more. You're, what do you mean you're not expecting more? Where's your faith? And, and the Lord is wanting every one of us to live in this place beyond the vanishing point, beyond the horizon that we've seen, expecting that he's God and he wants to do exceedingly abundantly above. Hallelujah. And he's asking them, where's your faith? And they were marveling, who is this that can still the, the waves? Who, they say, it says it here, they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. In other words, they didn't realize properly who was in their boat. They didn't recognize that Jesus was not only sent by God, he was God. They didn't recognize it and until this happened and then they're like, oh. And they were afraid again. A little while later in Luke chapter 10, he says, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the work of the enemy. And, and continually through scripture, we keep reading, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. Why do you worry? Jesus says it over and over. It's like, because it's scary, <laughs> that's why. But he, he doesn't want us to behave like everybody else. When we feel fear, he wants us to default to, ha, huh, I know who he is. Hallelujah. I don't have to be afraid. Hallelujah. And he also shows us here in this passage that he tells him at the beginning, all right, let's go over to the other side. And so they're setting off on a mission. F.F. Bosworth used to say something. I quote it all the time. Who can tell me? Faith begins where the will of God is known. Was the will of God known in this situation? Yes. How is it known? God, Jesus, spoke and said, I want to go to the other side. That's the will of God. And so they knew the will of God is to go to the other side. And then suddenly there's a storm that is so bad that if something doesn't get done about this, we're not going to get to the other side. You know, when something like that happens, you can have confidence that because God has revealed his will, you can wage war with that promise and you can have confidence he gives grace for everything he wants. It tells us in 1 Timothy 1.18, 
This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some having rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck. In other words, there's a possibility that my declared will might not come to pass if you don't wage war in faith with the prophetic promise that's been spoken. And God understands that there is trouble in this world, that there are things that come. Moses was told, all right, we're going, I want you to take them into the promised land and I want you to go this way. Only thing is, there's a big sea and they get to the edge of this big sea and there's no bridge across the sea. And then to make matters worse, Pharaoh and the armies come and they're ready to kill them all. And there's a sea and there's a killer army and there's a sea and there's a word from God where he says, we're going to the promised land. We're going over. And so Moses, knowing the will of the father, looks to him in expectation, gets the direction to lift up his staff and what happens? You need to watch that Prince of Egypt movie. <laughs> it's in the book, the Red Sea parts, hallelujah. And they cross over on dry land. And then the sea collapses in on all the enemies. Now, I believe God is looking for us. When he says, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, from the moment he was announced, his birth was announced, that the, the word was, the message was, fear not, hallelujah, good news, glad tidings, hooray, God is on your side. I was reading it in Isaiah 50 verse 4 this week. God is on my side. I won't be afraid. God is on my side. He'll take care of the enemies. He'll take care of the other stuff. God is on my side. I know what the will of God says. Hallelujah. And when you have a prophetic promise, I remember um, back when the 9-11 uh, happened. Some of you wouldn't even be old enough to remember that. My son was a baby and I was up late feeding him when I, and I flicked on the television and boom, seeing these twin towers and it was like surreal. Does anybody remember, remember that? Oh, there's a few of you, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And um, you know, a little while after that, uh, several months later, I think, or maybe even a year later, um, I, the Lord had told me to go to the U.S. and been given this prophetic word about going. And, and so I, I um, was on my way and I went via Auckland and we were waiting in the, you know, the waiting area where everybody's waiting to get on the plane. And it was in that season when everyone was like really afraid of flying because you, they just didn't know what would happen. And I saw this young teenage girl and she was sitting there with a Bible and I could see she was really nervous. And I went over to her and I said, what are you reading? And she said, oh, I'm reading the Bible. I said, well, it's really good. You're a Christian? She goes, yes. I said, are you, are you a bit nervous about this flight? And she said, yes. I said, well, you don't have to be afraid. I've got a prophetic promise that I'm supposed to go to America and, and hey, you're on the same plane as me. 
So we'll be fine. And it's true. Because when God says, go here, you can have confidence that he gives the grace for you to get there. Hallelujah. And if there's difficulties in the middle of it, you can speak to the storm and say, get out of the way. God's told me. God's told us to do this. God has promised this. And it doesn't just have to be a prophetic word in the Bible in, from a a, um, from a a prophetic promise that someone has pulled you out and prophesied. That's powerful. You can wage war with those prophetic words as they line up with the word of God. But even if you haven't ever had a prophecy, there's a book full of them here. There are amazing promises that you can say, it is written. It is written. And, and something comes against you and you can say, but I know what the will of God is because it's revealed in the word of God. Therefore, hey, I know the will of God. I know what God's promised, what God wants. Therefore, I'm going to line my vo voice up. I'm going to line my words up. He tells us in Mark 11, which I love, he says, um, have faith in God. We're not having faith in our prayers, but we're having faith in God who gives us the faith of God on the inside is really wonderful. Hallelujah. Have faith in God for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Hallelujah. God doesn't want you to be afraid. He doesn't want you to live in fear. He doesn't want, to live, want you living in that anxiety that would try to rob you of sleep. He wants you to be able to be like him and just put your head down and sleep with a good conscience, without fear. Hallelujah. And not be afraid. So I want to show you a little video. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid. This will help you remember. Okay, let's play this. These are these interesting goats. <laughs> and you say boo and they fall down. Ah! Boo! <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You, you come up to them and you go boo. And they ah! fall down. You know, sometimes Christians are like that. A difficulty comes. Ah! You get a sore throat. Ah! Adopt the position. Oh, quick, make a plan. I'm going to be off work for a week. <laughs> ah! Legs up. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, dear. I know what happens next. Or you can say the revealed word of God for me is that he's laid up good works for me to do. I can't do that if I'm under the dinner all day. So therefore, I know what the will of God is. Therefore, I'm going to speak to this circumstance with the word of God. I'm going to say, thank you, Father. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to fall down. Every time the, the scary man comes, oh, I'm going to come and make you have a cold. Ah. 
you could say, uh uh, in the name of Jesus, I don't have to be afraid, for it is written. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. It is written, by his stripes I was healed. It is written, he's laid up good works in advance for me to do, therefore we're going to do it. And you cannot stand in the way. No sickness, no virus, no circumstances can stand in the way of the will of God. So in the name of Jesus, I use the authority that you've given to me and I speak to that thing and I say, go in Jesus' name, get out of the way, make way for the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen? For this is the will of God. You know, it's, it's not about randomly just going around and um, stopping the sun or stuff like that. Like, I just think we'll try this out. Let's stop the sun today. No, no. no. It's about whatever the Father is doing, whatever the revealed will of God is, in that space you have authority. Because it's no longer you operating under your own authority. You are now a man or a woman under authority and you are submitted to the Father. And together, Lord, I thank you. We are a powerful team for you in me and I in you. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. And so he tells us, when he tells us to speak, we can speak. I remember um, years ago when we were first married, we had our first home um, in Shaler Park. Tom had planted these um, palm trees up the side of the driveway. And I was like, I don't like palm trees. I like roses and flowers. And he's like, plenty palm trees. And so he's planted these palm trees. <laughs> And um, I plant your roses out the back. And so, oh, we got these palm trees. Big Cuban royals, but they, were, they weren't huge at the time. But so he planted them. And then we had a really bad storm. And one of those palm trees, you know, they'd been evenly spaced. One of these palm trees had been broken off right at the roots. <laughs> Flat. It was like, it was very broken. It was done on the side. And God bless Tom, he's there and he goes and he props it up and stakes it up. I'm like, the roots are broken off, honey. Like, just let it go, let's dick them all up. <laughs> he's like, no, no, no. And I came out the next morning and bang, and it had fallen over again. I'm like, Ugh. and he props it back up again. I came out the next day, bang, fallen over again. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, tell that tree to live. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> live in Jesus' name. <laughs> well, what, what is it, like 20 years later, I drove past, I, can, I drive past that house now. That Cuban Royal is way taller than all of the other ones. It's the biggest, healthiest Cuban Royal that there is. And, but... I say that to say, God was trying to teach me that when you hear his voice, you speak and he will give authority. Hallelujah. And as you become familiar with his voice, as you begin to know what's available, you can then use it to speak. See, most of the time, Christians miss out on the fullness of what God's doing. They suffer shipwreck because they're ignorant of what authority they've been given. 
They're ignorant of what truth has been revealed. They're ignorant of the will of God. Well, if God wants me well, he'll take this sickness away. He does want you well. It's actually in the word. It's in the book. Hallelujah. He says, none of these diseases, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all my iniquities, who heals all all our diseases. He says that um, Jesus, as you look at the life of Jesus, Jesus healed all who came to him. He never once turned to somebody and said, I know it's difficult and you're not going to understand this, but I want you to suffer through this sickness and die from it so that you give glory to God. That's not what he said to anybody. Now, there are some amazing people that have done uh, you know, they've, they've honored God right to the end. I've watched and walked with people who've done that. Now, I take nothing away from them. God bless them. And he does use everything. But I tell you, the will of God is clear. The will of God is that he came to bring life and wholeness and healing. And, you know, I was taught in Bible college, you know, the sovereignty of God. You know, sometimes, you know, it's just a mystery. We, we don't understand that maybe it's not his will. And it was so difficult for me because I thought, well, how am I supposed to pray for the sick if every second one, I don't know, is it the will of God or not? I don't know. Is it will's God? If it's God's will, be healed. If it's God, how can I say with confidence, be healed in Jesus' name if I feel like maybe I'm going against the will of God? That, that like rips the rug out from under you. But as I then, it sent me on a journey to study out the will of God for healing in the Bible. And it is abundantly clear. Jesus said he built his house on the rock. Or Jesus told us to build our lives on the rock. And the rock is Jesus Christ. That we're to build our life on the firm foundation of who Jesus Christ is. So as you study out the rock, the life of Jesus, you discover that he never once showed us that it wasn't his will for healing. He never once had one example you can point to biblically to justify a doctrine that says it might not be the will of God for them to be healed. We, we come up with lots of ideas like this to try to explain what we don't understand. But we cannot change the word of God. And the will of God and the word of God are clearly revealed. And as we look at it, isn't this right, Josh? Oh, shaka basanda. He's got a healing anointing, this man. It, it, it's essential that we understand it. Because when we know the will of God is, this is where we're going. This is what he wants. Then whatever opposition comes our way in the, in the midst of doing that, we can speak to it and release peace with thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. You're making the way. Lord, I thank you. I, I look to you. I ask. I stand. And as I ask, I believe what I'm asking for. And therefore, your word says in Mark 11, whatever I ask, believe that you've received and it will be yours. You said, Lord, I thank you, Father, that I can speak to this situation and tell it to get out of the way in the name of Jesus because you've revealed your will, hallelujah, to make the way where there seems to be no way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I believe the Holy Spirit wants to encourage you today. I believe his heart for you is to recognize where he's taking you. Where is your faith? Jesus is asking the same thing. Is your faith in 
your head knowledge. Their head knowledge as fishermen were like, we've assessed the situation and this is really, really, really bad. <laughs> we are experts in this field. We know this, this sea and we are in really big trouble. If you rely on your head knowledge alone, you, you hit a limitation. But when your faith is not in what you know, but in who you know, then you have faith. Where is your faith? Well, it's, I've been looking here and there's nothing more I can do. So it's certainly not up here. My faith is in the one who is my peace. Hallelujah. Yeah, you can start living this. You can know this, but you can start living this every day by just doing the very simple things that God asks us to do. You know, starting our day each day with glorifying him. You know, the, the Jews would start with, blessed are you, O Lord of the universe, king of the, king of the universe. Uh, but, and, and Jesus said to pray, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. He was helping us recognize, but if you start your day with worship and thanksgiving, thank you for this day, Lord. When I wake up, I like to get out into the sunshine, and if I can, and, um, and just thank God. Thank you, Lord, for this day, mostly in, in winter. I like to get into the sunshine. Hallelujah. I'm thinking about it. Summer, I probably don't do it so much. But winter, I like to get into the sunshine. And I say, thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, I worship you. Before I jump into my prayers and requests, my little book I've got with all my list of people and, and, and situations, as I come before you today, Lord, I say I love you. Thank you for today. Thank you that you're smiling at me. Thank you that I'm forgiven. Thank you, Lord, for your mercies that are new every morning. Thank you, Lord, for breath in my lungs. Thank you for this day. Lord, I bring my life to your altar today. I thank you that it's bought with a price. It belongs to you. Thank you for this day. Bless the day. I bless you, God. And as I just worship him and thank him for his goodness, I'm set up then to ask. And I go and I ask and I go through all the list and I ask Lord Tom and all the family and all the people and all the leaders and all the partners and all the people and and all of you, hallelujah, and the church, I pray for the church. And, and as I, I bring that to the Lord, then I finish with, thank you, Father. It's all yours. You always promise that whenever I bring an, uh, an offering on the altar, there will be a response. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest remains. So I thank you. There's going to be a response to my faith in bringing these people in these situations to the altar. Thank you, Father. And now, Lord, I ask that you give me the knowledge of your will. For your word says that you waken me morning by morning to the knowledge of your will. Thank you, Lord, for wisdom. As I've asked for wisdom, I thank you for it. I thank you for this day. Thank you for the answers to all these prayers. And peace, as it promises us in Philippians 4, guards our heart. It's a great way to set your day up. It doesn't have to take a long time. But then as you've got that peace, whenever a situation might try to raise its head between you and the will of God, you've already been communing with the one that is at rest. And you're at rest with him. Here's some footage of another wonderful miracle that God did recently.
So she hasn't been able to speak for two to three years because of a stroke. <laughs> yes, about two to three years. She hasn't yes. been able to speak. Yes. She had a stroke. You tell her to tell us something. You said, Nothing is impossible for those who believe. Put your faith in God today because He is well able to help you.